1: take the blinkers off and get all the information you want listen to the stories you can do a bit of comparing and whatever but if you combine all the information gathering with a positive mindset and then put the blinkers back on and go down your path intentionally that's what you want to do
0: Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to the High Performance Nursing. It is so exciting to have you here spending your precious time with us today. Today we have some amazing guests who are very shy. <laughs> we have got Beth Hello. from Autonomic Nursing. Say hi, Beth. Hello, everybody. And We've also got Rory from Aussie Nurse Educator. Hey, guys. Oh, What a laugh. We are here and we're here to talk to you today about all things nursing and just sharing our experiences based on our career. So we thought we'd have a bit of fun and kick off. So I'm going to kick off and ask Beth because she looks super worried (laughs) (laughs) because we've never done this before. (laughs) Beth, why did you choose nursing as a career?
2: Okay, well, for my growing up, my parents were both nurses mum was the numb whatever they called it charge nurse at the time of a ward, and dad came as a student nurse and they met yeah. and then I always just I think I, I said I'm not going to do nursing I'm not going to do nursing but my whole life everyone was a nurse around me all my family friends all nursing I said I'm not going to do it because I number one I hate gore I don't <laughs> do wounds cuts blood fluids no I hate it all so I didn't want to do nursing and then I went to India And I visited like a mother to raise her. Oh, what's her charity? Can't think of what she does. I can picture it. Yeah. (laughs) We had a profound moment. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Anyway, and then I visited that house. I thought, okay, I can do it. I'm going to do it. And I came back to Australia, moved to Sydney from Melbourne, marvelous Melbourne, and started nursing. And here I am 14 years later. Amazing.
0: So you think you like took on the Mother Teresa, oh, yeah, lives,
2: yeah, Mother Teresa and you just Rita. brought
0: them to nursing.
2: <laughs> I love that so much. I can see a lot of similarities between us. Yeah. And I have had at least two different people tell me that I'm a modern day Florence.
0: Wow. Gale, so yes. Have you got that on your CV? Yep. Good.
2: <laughs> that that <laughs> <covering>.
0: <laughs> We've taught you well. I'm curious, do you think that because your parents were nurses that you were more inclined to become a nurse? Because a lot of people have that kind of caring, familial line and that influences the decision-making. Would you still, looking back, choose to be a nurse based on your experiences so far?
2: Well, I like to think yes, because of what I know so much now from all of my experiences of you can take it and go anywhere. But I wonder if so many people go into nursing because their parents are a nursing because that's what they sort of conditioned Like that's work is nursing and you just sort of copy and go with what you already know. Mm. And you don't try, it seems like a safe option. You don't go with anything you don't know because you know mum or dad or both, whatever, have done it and it seems like a safe and clear option Mm. so people just go with it. Now, I didn't go in thinking it was easy because mum and dad constantly talked (laughs) about how hard it was, (laughs) (laughs) particularly dad. It would be interesting to hear about you two is saying he just found it very hard being a male and he was a nurse in like, you know, the 80s. It was really only males, more males We're now just starting to come um, into it. And to be honest, he left nursing after about 20 years for him anymore. He wasn't prepared mm. to do it anymore. He wanted more from his work. I don't know if it's just because it seems like a safe option or people see it and think that's what I want to do. I'm
0: yeah, I think sure. it certainly is familiar. Like for yeah. me, my mum worked as an aged care worker. Mm. And I saw her growing up. I spent half my life in a nursing home as a kid, yeah, which was fun and grim at the same time, as you can imagine. (laughs) And that influenced my decision making. I think it was very familiar and it seemed easy. And also in the UK, as we mentioned today, we've been doing a co-working day. My degree was free and I got paid £6,000 a year to study to be a nurse, which is phenomenal. And it definitely did incentivize me because I was looking at lots of different paths. And then I went, oh, nursing will pay me money whilst i study and it's free bearing in mind that every other degree was also free in Scotland at the time. I know it's amazing. So I do feel like, interestingly for me, looking back, I had so many things that I wanted to do. I wouldn't change it now, but I'm like, damn it, I used my free degree. My free degree on nursing. I'm like, there were so many other things that I wanted to do. And I think that I took that route because of my family connection to looking after other people. My gran also set up like a nursing agency in Spain. She moved from the UK to Spain Mm. and she runs like nursing aged care home services. So we would go there on holiday and I'd see her living in this beautiful country with Mm. the sunshine from dreary Scotland. Mm. And I'd be like, oh my God, this is amazing. This could be possible for me. And I'm yet to set up that aged care home service (laughs) in Spain, but you know, maybe in the future. (laughs) What about you, Rome? Why did you choose to become a nurse? So I
1: am completely opposite. Some of my family work in health, let alone uh, in in nursing. A lot of my family actually say to me all the time, I don't know how you are a nurse (laughs) because my mum, for instance, you know, you show her a bit of a pull a bit of skin on your finger when you bite your nail or something like that. And she almost vomits or, you know, passes out. She'll have a vaccine or any type of needle really, and she'll Mm. pass out. So, yeah, I literally, you know, I was working at the beach as a lifeguard and I wanted to, this is straight out of school, and I basically wanted to be a doctor or a paramedic. And it was actually a bit of advice given to me from some of the intensive care paramedics I worked with. A lot of them were not completely satisfied with their career and how they've been looked after. And they said the safer option that's foundationally good to teach you if you like being in health is nursing. And I thought that was very interesting advice. And yeah, I went and literally turned down a $20,000 scholarship that I had for teaching and I paid $20,000 to do nursing (laughs) here in Australia. So yeah, I basically did it as a stepping stone to get to something else. However, not that I loved first year and everything, you know, learning about Beth, I mean, Florence, Um, you know, basically there was a lot of things throughout the degree that, you know, weren't ideal for me in the foundational way, but that was also the way the degree was taught. Mm -hmm. I found through my teaching experience, there's probably a lot of other ways to present the degree instead of forcing different things down your throat from different angles but that's another story so I got through to second year and I started doing all the things that you know that I was sort of interested in so getting right into the clinical sciences got into you know I had some good placements I was a lucky student that had some local good placements and I also had some mentors that worked at the uni that I knew through my family that were in nursing so I had some good experiences that led me through to my grad. But I think what's quite interesting about the transition through was, you know, it did grow. The story grew as I went. And what I wanted to do and what I set out mm. to do changed at every point. You know, if I was asked in first year, I was a beach lifeguard, I was going to become an ED nurse. <laughs> I didn't become an ED nurse. Like I do work in ED now, but I don't say I'm an ED nurse. I'm definitely an anesthetic specialist. But that story of becoming, you know, an aesthetic mm. nurse is such an interesting story within itself and it's all about, you know, yeah. aligning with your values and being intentional with your thinking and stuff. And that was through a set of experiences, which I was very thankful for that happened, you know, between second and third year and then into my grad year. So, mm. Yeah, nursing for me was definitely not what I would have said to you when I was 16 I was going to do, but then at 18 there I was
0: signing up for it. Yeah, yeah. it it's very interesting stuff to the yeah. work life or the, you know, mm. career of nursing. I have so many questions. Yeah. I'm curious because I think a lot of people that listen to the podcast or in nursing in general think that they've got to start their degree, start their career, and they've got a goal and they've got to just, you know, just push towards that goal. But I guess what we've all kind of learned to be true is that the goal that you have when you start is going to change and you need to allow it to change. I'm curious, you mentioned ED was your kind of goal and you went to Perry up. Beth, what was your big goal? Like, what was your like ultimate impossible goal?
2: Well, I don't know if I had an ultimate, impossible goal, but I remember when I was doing, I thought I wanted to do ICU because I like, and it's just very organised and it just seemed to like suit my personality. And then I thought, oh, but maybe community nursing would be better for me because then I could be outdoors a bit, travel around. So when I did my last, like in third year, I thought, I'm going to do this grad year because everyone has to do a public hospital. Do they? Year. <laughs>
0: Funny that. Are you sure?
2: So I thought I'll force myself to do that and then I'll go into a community. And then, you know, I started well six months through and moved to like a,
0: a clinic. So hold on. It was before we move on. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be, I thought I'd
2: just yeah. be a community nurse.
0: Yeah.
2: And just be happy there yeah. going around. But then lots of wounds. It's a mm. lot of wound care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I don't know. I think I've always been somewhat a bit lost. And it was only when I took charge of my thoughts and everything else, I thought actually I'm gonna pick the journey, not just go with what's already been put in front of me. Yeah. So I don't I don't really
0: know. Do you think it's fair that a lot of us are probably waiting for somebody to give us the answer. Yes. I know for me, for a long time, I was, i reckon for 10 years, I've been like, someone's going to come and just give me this yeah. golden envelope. that's going to yeah. be like, here's your path to destiny. Yeah. And this is what you should be doing. I think a lot of people are sitting there waiting for somebody to come tap them on the shoulder and tell them that this is the way to go. And this is the challenge, right? We see it all the time on Facebook, we see it on social media, there are so many pieces of advice flying out there that are coming from people's lived experience Mm -hmm. versus like a non-judgmental, respectful, clean space where we're like, actually, what do you want? Like, and I love that when we all, all three of us do that, where we question people, we say, well, what do you want? What is it that you actually want? And people are like dumbfounded. They're like, what do you mean? What do I want? I get to decide. Mm -hmm. And you do, right? So you chose to move out of a graduate position after six months. Yeah. And you still manage to get a job for the rest of your career and you've been paid yes. as a nurse for 10 Sadly, years. Sadly, for 14 my goodness. years,
2: I've never been. Oh my a goodness. Job. How is
0: that even possible? <laughs> Jokes aside, so many people believe that's true, right? Yeah. Because we've been led to believe in the industry that if you stop, I know we all get this message like nearly every day. If you leave a graduate program halfway through, you're never going to get a job again. <laughs> What do you got to say to that?
1: (laughs) I Well, what, two days ago, got an email from a lady who works in a GP clinic and she's in her 40s. And she was thinking that if she took a scrub scout role that she applied for, that she basically wants. But she thought, if I get this and I take it and I go and do it, I'll lose all my clinical skills.
2: Mm, But being a a scrub nurse.
1: Yeah. Is this clinical role. role. And also, you know, if you've ever worked with a scrub nurse, they're incredibly skilled humans in various aspects. They're not just Mm. assisting the surgeon. They're not just passing tools. That is the biggest myth in the world. They're often the leader of the room. It's their operating room. And I think that, yeah, to think that you can leave one nursing job and just lose all your skills is crazy. Like we don't forget how to drive a car. We don't forget how to ride that bike that we probably haven't ridden in a few years, you know, or or five, ten years because people don't ride bikes all the time. But I ride my bikes, bike, you know, (laughs) motorbikes (laughs) and whatever. But other people don't ride bikes after being a kid sometimes. But when Mm. you get on one, it's not like you're just going to fall straight back off. It's also
2: what about those skills you're going to gain while well, you're doing something else. train terrible is, skills. Is, but focus on the negative. Is...
0: Yeah. I mean, oh, we always oh, focus yeah. on what we're going to lose, right? Yeah. Like the perceived loss, yeah. but you're right. Like how about flipping it and looking at what you're going to gain mm. and like how much closer that's getting you towards whatever your goal is. Mm. And how is staying stuck where you are right now, dreaming about the future, benefiting you in any way shape or form it's really interesting so we've got a couple of myths that we've already busted which is you don't have to stay in a graduate program for the whole year you can leave and give yourself the permission if it's not right tidy up your thinking around it is what I would say and then explore it and see what comes uh, from that but you will be rehired and Rory's just brought one up as well about if you leave a role for another clinical role you're not going to lose skills and you're not going to automatically be stripped of your app registration yeah Yeah. what other nursing career myths do we hear what other things come up I get the one that's like I can't apply for this I'm not experienced enough (laughs) (laughs) all the time and I'm just like really (laughs) who told you that there's like an unspoken rule that we need so much experience to apply for roles. Have you ever seen a role that says you have to have done a
1: graduate nurse program before you apply? No, for that's oh actually yes, a good yes, point. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that comes up a lot where people will say, you know, like, I, well, you know, they might have a bad experience, might not be in line with them, their graduate role that they're in, and they're sort of having that, should I leave? Should I leave? They didn't make the choice that Beth did mm. straight away, or they're waiting on it. And it's like, well, I don't know one transition program, maybe in public health there is, but that says you have to have done a graduate program. So that's very interesting. If you actually look at it, public health are the only ones that call it graduate program fully now. Like there's other mm. services out there
0: yeah. that
1: now call it fellowship program and stuff like that, and they're trying to change that marketing behind yeah. forcing people into a 12-month graduate because what is new graduate?
2: Is I still don't know what I would have got by staying. I don't <laughs> Yeah. What was a graduate, well, I did it. But why can't you just start as a first
0: year? You know what well, I, mean? I did, like that's that was my career. Yeah. We have no graduates in the UK, yeah. it is not a thing. And I do, I'm probably going to get hung up for this, but I mm. do think that graduate years are just uh, I don't know, I don't think that they're a great thing for people to go into. I think that there's so much growth in learning and not having a graduate year and having to really lean into your learning. I think the support is amazing if it's there, yeah, I do. but nine times out of 10, based on the people that I've worked with and being in the system and experiencing another health system Mm -hmm. where I didn't have any support and I just had to get on with it and trust myself and build the resilience from the get-go, I feel like that made me a stronger, more resilient, better informed nurse from the get-go. I just had to lean into my own belief and my skill set. I don't think that based on what I've seen that the UK training is any better. Than what yeah. it is here. I think that we get better placements and I think that we get longer placements and we do three to six months on placement at a time, which is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, like fantastic. that is so good to build your skill set. Yeah. These weeks of like graduates coming in doing a day or two days yes. or five days. Yeah is insane because by the fifth day, you're just finding your feet. Yeah. Um, So an 80 hour placement doesn't work that much, does it? No. And a lot of unis do um, 80 hour placements
1: or an 80 hour and an 80 hour back to back, but two different clinical areas, two different
0: services. So at
1: day five, six, they're just starting to find their feet and
0: starting to develop skill. And then all of a sudden it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what creates the lack of confidence in our graduates and our students, because they're going through that whole cycle of change, right? Within two weeks, they meet new people. It's scary. They're feeling all the fear. It's emotionally draining. Then they go all in and they're trying to impress for the next two weeks. And then it wraps up and they get some half-assed feedback or, or no feedback, or they get a different mentor every day, and then they finish up. So if you're listening to this and you're somebody that struggles on placement, know that it's not because there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with the system and how it okay. spits you out and what placements it gives you.
1: Yeah, and I also do a lot of work in trying to motivate preceptor staff and mm. nurses to work with students. Do you think that... Part of your called? They're probably able. <laughs> not only that, do you think they're that motivated to help a student that's only there for 80 hours who might send no. literally eight days, eight shifts out of ten, settling in? Yeah. No, but if they're there for a month, five weeks, I find anyway, the third years and that that spend four to six weeks mm. at a hospital or wherever they're doing placement the staff see that change they see that interest shift and they find that they've got a lot more direction and they're a lot more independent and able to lead their yeah. journey
0: because yeah. they've
1: been able to settle into the environment understand how the shift works but also how the department works how the flow of the patient care mm. works and then mm. get to know if you're the maybe the medical teams or the you know, other people involved in the services around the area that they're in. So I think yeah. there's a lot of value in longer placements yeah. for students. It is hard because don't get paid, but, mm. you know, that's I think when you sign up to nursing too, you know all of these things. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Know, especially here in Australia, it's pretty obvious. Um, there's a lot of space between cities. You might travel, you might have to spend money, you don't get mm. paid in place. We all mm-hmm. know that before we start. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. We don't get asked to get sent to Broken Hill, but if you do, <laughs>
0: it happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Didn't land a graduate program this year? I know that it can be overwhelming and feel like you've wasted your time and effort up until this point, all of those hours and you're thinking where to next. Have no fear my friends, RGCLP round two is here. Our graduate career launch program will help you land your first nursing role. It's 100% guaranteed. Get all of the comprehensive support that you need to apply interview and land your first nursing role. Many of you listening are thinking but I've just got to settle for anything I can't be fussy now and we do not agree. Come and join us in the GCLP and we will show you how to create your first dream role in a specialty that you want to work in. If that sounds like you book a call with me to explore this further. Spaces are limited and we'd love to help get you into your first nursing role. It's totally possible for you it's super challenging from a graduate perspective for like what people go through. But you're right, there is a choice element to that. And I always do like coming back to that. And I say it sometimes on the podcast, it's like, we don't have to do anything. We choose to do it. We yeah. chose to become a nurse. We all chose to become a nurse, And now we have to manage that. Yeah. And then steps, either step up or step out. Like if you don't think that it's right for you, step out. The other thing that I think is hilarious about grad programs is that they are, oh, just a bit of noise in the background there. Grad programs are, you get put into a job where you have No passion or interest. Yeah. Like some stranger picks the trajectory of your career. I find that fascinating. That
2: yeah, I put down respiratory. (laughs) Well, got put on oncology. I stayed there for fourteen years. I was really interested in respiratory. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It was like, you know, you sort of wanted somewhere and then found somewhere yeah. else because of an experience, Yeah, you know, where like that was total opposite to me. So my AV was I got offered a lot of different positions, but the, the two that I was going towards was, say, option A, public health what is in this program for me? Oh, three or four rotations that you basically get to put preferences in, but they pretty much tell you you won't get them. Mm -hmm. And then you go to these areas and you spend X amount of time there and they basically say, yeah, there'll be an educator during the day and maybe a few CNSs, senior nurses and whatnot. And then you get your education day once every, whenever, whatever. But then if you look on the other side of the fence, I was intentionally chasing a role, which going back to the start of the podcast, the little experiences that happened in third year that shaped this decision to go this way, I asked what would be involved in my option B. And the option B was you can do six months in PACU, six months in anesthesia, and then you know pretty much you'll stay for the second year and you can choose exactly what you want to do, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I went on and did cardiothoracic anesthesia, worked close with ICU and literally had the best two years of my life at the start of my career.
0: What more mm-hmm. would you want? Yeah. You know, yeah. so...
1: You know, I I loved those two years and I think it was something that I was able to consciously choose, which was something that served me well. I didn't do nights, didn't do weekends, and it was exactly what I needed and definitely very different to what I was looking at as, you know, a nurse going into maybe option A, then going towards an emergency nurse transition or something
0: like that. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so good. And that's why it's so important for everybody listening, students and graduates, to ask questions during your interview process. You are interviewing them for the job as well. Like you will have the pick of the bunch you will get multiple offers if you've done all your work and you've put yourself out there and you've got an amazing application and you've really sold yourself an interview. You're gonna get those offers, then you get to decide. And those questions that you ask, like had Rory not have asked those questions, you wouldn't have had that information to make an informed decision about your path. So it's so, so important that you go in prepared with questions and ask them questions at that point.
2: And with a vision of, the, you've, you've got to know
0: where you want to go like to ask want. the right questions. Yes, yeah. so, yeah. so true. How do people do that, Beth? Because a lot of people think that they have a good understanding of themselves, but what nursing often unveils yeah. when we get into the workforce is that like, oh, maybe we really didn't quite know who we are at our core and we talk about this a lot. So how do people like start that process?
2: Well, I think one of the most important things is before you get to like, I talk a lot about life by design. So until you, there's a thousand different levels and intricacies you can get into it, but you just need to know on a basic level, what do you want your life to look like and essentially go backwards. That's how I was able to make the decision very quickly to leave the grades because I thought, I don't want to do <laughs> shift work <laughs> even yeah. for six more months. Yeah. That my fundamental like life values of mm. who I wanted to spend my time with Was it possible if I chose to stay on the ward? So I knew what I wanted my life to look like and then I could go backwards, backwards from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. That's why it's so important to understand your career why. Like, you know, a lot of people's why is different, you know. Like I've got a friend who's got some young kids and her why out of leaving ICU after 10 years was because she wanted to spend more time with her family. Mm -hmm. And like, that's that's totally fine, right? But we get into this cognitive turmoil where we're like, We've got two opposing competing thoughts where we're arguing with ourselves internally. Like, but what if I lose my skills? But what if I miss my kid growing up? Like, you get yeah. to decide nothing is like no decision is right or wrong. That's mm-hmm. what I love telling people It's like, who said that it's right or wrong? Yeah. You get to decide. The industry does not. And often what then happens is we start comparing. Cause now mm-hmm. my friend is like, oh, but you know, I'm not as far ahead in my career. I'm yeah. like, but you're getting to see a beautiful baby mm-hmm. grow, develop. And you can come back in at any point. Comparing can be helpful, but it's not actually the best thing for you to
1: do. Mm -hmm. Like the best thing for you to do is to run your own race Mm -hmm. and design your own path. And yeah, I think like maximizing opportunities is huge. You know, like you can get some pretty bad placements. And even if you look at like, say, a mindset approaching placement, I went from an ED placement in my first semester, third year to five weeks as a final one that I wanted to go to an ICU, theatre or ED again, and I got a surgical ward in a regional hospital. Mm. So I did my final assessment. It was a say a three-hour walk around with a facilitator where they judged you on how safe you were over the three hours and said you can be a grade. <laughs> what they should have said is you can be a nurse next year. And I basically did that on day nine of a 25-day placement, then went to ED in that hospital for a week, saw the reality of no doctors in an ED with three mm. nurses running the whole ED. And then I got the opportunity to go to a recovery unit, which then quickly went into a day in or a couple of days with an in theatre. And that is where my life changed forever. Yeah. So maximising what might seem to be not so great for you initially, changing yeah. your mindset about that situation and then approaching it and mm. creating a new beginning and, and just basically creating your own path is yeah. so powerful. And then that literally set up my career. Yeah. I went into anaesthetics and stuff and I did do other things you Know after my grad year and stuff, but I came straight back to peri anesthesia and that's where I specialized and where I became an mm. educator and what and essentially set up my path to now. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's you've got to maximize those opportunities. If you're only getting 18 to 20 weeks in an RN degree, you need to maximize those opportunities. Too. Yeah,
0: I always get a bit concerned when I hear people say, Oh, but. I've got a bad placement or I'm not excited about this placement Mm -hmm. that's coming up because your nursing degree is the only time in your career that you get the opportunity to sample everything that you possibly can sample. That's the whole idea behind it. So if you're stuck on the fact that you want peds, that's fine. That's amazing. You've got that clarity. But I'm always like, lean into every experience because aged care will make you a better pediatric nurse yeah community nursing will make you a better pediatric nurse and the the only difference really is the mindset because other students could go to an aged care placement and think it was the best thing they've ever done my first placement was aged care in the nursing home it's a nursing home that my mom worked in and that i pretty much grew up in and it was amazing i loved it i still think about the clients today that i looked after in that placement i was never going to work in aged care but it was so transformational to just be able to that's look true. after somebody at yeah, their most vulnerable. So yeah. it's like define a bad placement. Is it yeah. just out of alignment with you, or is that your mindset? Well, a lot of students will say about mental health placements. Yeah, know, mm. a lot of them don't
1: want to do mental healthness, and that's yeah. okay. But that's do not you not? Yeah, yeah, and so did I. My mom was in problems. the community bed. Yeah. So I was well, like, well, I didn't know about community nursing. All, yeah. all of a sudden, I'm doing community mental health. You know, but if you look at like in hospital mental health placements, do you not think that mental health place mental health patients turn up to an ED? Everywhere. Do they come in for <laughs> surgery? Yeah, they come in everywhere. So your experience over your two weeks in mental health can actually shape the way you care for people in the future. You don't have that's to go right. and work in an inpatient or outpatient mm-hmm. mental health setting, but those skills contribute to every aspect mm-hmm. of your career. I found that's
2: what I got to really test and try communication skills because it's not just the same yes. going up and talking while you're looking at your whatever folder or whatever that you're doing, you have to connect yeah. with the patient. Really, it's brings you a present I found that yeah. that's stuck with me the whole time
0: yeah. and maybe that's afraid. the thing that actually is uncomfortable for people today having a stroke yeah. I'm yeah. uncomfortable for people that go into placement then label them bad maybe well, it's it actually about the bad, fear it's think. the fear and it's the worry of the discomfort that they're experiencing rather than the yeah. actual placement because there are people that go to those workplaces that love them you know, yeah. so it doesn't mean that it's true that it's about placement. So maybe get super conscious about the stories that we have around those placements. So, so powerful to look at our mindset in that space.
1: Yeah, I actually, I had a student who went into mental health and was sort of a bit of a downer about the idea of it. And she sort of had an open mind. And at the end of the two weeks, she said, you know what? I actually really loved it because on a surgical ward, all we seem to care about is what we did surgically to the patient the the wound the leg whatever (laughs) but in mental health we care for the whole person we talk to them we get to know them and then we care about their bgl we care about their leg wound. we care about all those other things as well as the whole holistic person like the -hmm. psychosocial side that sometimes we might be too busy on a ward to get to or we refer straight on to a social worker in a public hospital or something the reality of it is private hospitals, the nurses Mm. bridge all of those gaps. Yeah. Yeah. And she had a great like perspective shift. And then all of a sudden was like, oh, maybe consider mental health nursing in the
0: future. yeah it's it's so good i think also we run the story that we need to be busy all the time Mm -hmm. if we're a nurse Mm -hmm. like there needs we need to be busy we must be busy and i'll see that in my own life if i'm not busy or like at work or in my personal life i feel like i'm unproductive and i don't i'm not good enough i'm not worthy and i've got to work harder i think we all run that story to a degree would you agree oh
1: yeah it's even backed up somewhere like i had a
0: manager previously who
1: would literally say get the feather dust out and go dust
0: Stuff. Yeah, if you're sitting at the desk, people like, get up life. and get moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's called team bonding.
1: And we're, yeah, yeah, There's a lot of other aspects to non-clinical nursing, even in a clinical in setting. It's yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: too much of a
2: focus on those clinical skills in a clinical yeah. setting. Yeah,
0: yeah. We will fix the world (laughs) or put it all to right. I'm curious. We talk a lot about the missing semester. And as we kind of wrap up this podcast today, I'd love to get your perspective and take on what you believe is the missing piece within. We've talked predominantly about grants today and about students and grants. That's kind of where we all work across, which is awesome. But everything we talked about today applies to every level of nursing as you transition throughout your career. What do you think is the, if you could pick one thing that you wish all nurses could have taught to them, what would it be and why? And I'm going to start because you're both thinking. (laughs) (laughs) I've thought about this. Minds would be mindset. Uh, for me, I was a victim for so long in my nursing career. I really sat in that space where I thought everything was happening to me, that I was being bullied, that I was you know, different, I was unique, and I was the outsider. I had all of these internal narratives that did not match my external world, and it held me in this place of suffering, anxiety, depression, and therapy for years. So I think being able to manage your mindset and to see both sides of the coin, to be able to shift your perspective and be able to understand that everything that happens to us externally, is an external situation and it has no impact on us mm-hmm. until we let it like that is the most powerful thing that i think nurses could learn and take and run with in their career their life their relationships yeah. their weight loss their money everything that we do in our life is impacted by the stories that we tell ourselves
1: yeah yeah and i think that feeds into what i was going to say and what i'm going to say now is about putting your blinkers on but taking them off mm-hmm. And like it's good to gather information but At the end of the day, it is your path. And if you're not doing it for you, then that's going to be a problem. You know, so take the blinkers off and get all the information you want. Listen to the stories. You can do a bit of comparing and whatever. But if you combine all the information gathering with a positive mindset and then put the blinkers back on and go down your path intentionally, that's what you want to do. There's no way you want to end up in that ED because you thought that's what you wanted to do based on what you saw on mm. the outside. Mm. And then end up there and you realise you're doing 70% of your roster at night and burnout is real. It, it gets every ED nurse, you know, yeah. in five to 10 years. And, you know, it's one of those things, you need to have a path that's for you, you mm. know, something that actually feeds you. You know, there's no doubt clinically, I would have loved ED, but it wouldn't have mm. been something that I would have dealt with that well over a long period
0: of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. good. Being in alignment with what it is that you want and making that happen and being willing to question it, even when you've decided. Some of us, like, oh, I took a job and I had it for two weeks and I went, like, this is not the right job for me. And I quit, I walked out. I was like, no, this isn't the right fit for me. So just having that level of awareness and the mindset is so important. What, what would you say there?
2: Well, I think also it's somewhat following on from Rory, but it's <laughs> into somewhat like personality testing. So, I mean, that's the same as me. Like, I quite like clinical nursing. Well, I did. At the start of my career, I I quite liked, and I like using those skills, but it's just my personality was never going to be the type to like fast-paced ward nursing, but I, everybody else did it. So I thought that's what I had to do. But if I learned at uni, these roles are best suited to my personality. This is what your personality is. These roles might work for you. So I guess Any form of career coaching Mm. might be good for nursing. Totally. (laughs) Because we're not, there's no career coaching and it definitely doesn't niche down into who we are as individuals. We're supposed to fit into the system and not follow our own paths at all. So it's all, I don't know, all the same. Yeah, it's interchangeable. personalise our paths based on who we are.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that we all believe that we've just got to follow the path that's laid mm-hmm. in front of us. But you, yeah, you do get the opportunity. Yeah. It's your registration. You can do whatever the hell you want yeah. with it, and you can just run with it for sure. If yeah, you think about it,
2: know your personality. Yeah, and you work on your mindset. It's like you're on you're yeah. Well, they say, laugh. yeah.
0: Yeah. Can imagine. Isn't it they say like self-awareness is the one most valuable skill yeah. in life, in career? You know, if you know yourself, then you'll always attract the things that are really yeah. best for you. And we're not,
2: um, not even at uni, no, like high no. school, primary school, never. And yeah.
1: I thought that I was all over that being, well, not all over it, but on a good path for that being an athlete at the time mm-hmm. and being into psychology and a few other things. But inevitably, it took me a fair chunk of my career mm. so far to realize that and if i could have had that at uni or when i was leaving uni and mm. provided by some you know great skilled coaches and yeah. whatever in a nice you know course package thing up that mm. would have been fantastic you know yeah. it would have been such a leg up on getting to where i am today even quicker yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think we do look, or certainly look to the unis for all the solutions. Yes. And it's interesting, actually, because they're an academic institute, right? And yep. like, it's like, mm-hmm. where do they draw the line? They could teach us so much, and we don't even come out with all of the clinical skills that we need, right? Yeah. And there are gaps there as well. So I agree. Like, I think it's responsibility that could be woven into the uni or externally or even in the workforce. It definitely needs to be provided in the but workforce. But as you said,
1: academic, that's what they do.
0: So, yeah. like, they send so you the replacement <laughs> to get that <laughs> other part. Yeah. 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 So then you might need to look outside of your university mm. to get what we're talking about today. Yeah. yeah. And that's a good lesson for your nursing career. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, if you are working in a place where your manager is a hot mess Uh, (laughs) and they're not supporting you because they exist or you're educator or you're just not getting the support that you need because they don't have the time you have to find it for yourself don't expect that it's going to come to you we've all tried it it didn't work unfortunately and you just get yourself in this cycle I think
2: all of us three have done a lot of coaching like personally for ourselves and for our businesses and that's when it's really grown and Mm. That's what's been a huge benefit to me is talking to someone else and getting guidance on what I should be doing and more about myself made a big difference. Totally. Yeah. Well, I
0: think that's why we all do what we do now, Mm -hmm. because we can see the impact that it has and that it's truly transformational for people to experience coaching, even just one coaching session, because coaching for me gives me options. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think we've all been led to believe that we have one thought or one belief in that set. Yeah. Like that we believe that we're underconfident because we stuffed up in that interview. But like when you realize that you get to decide what you make all of that mean and that yeah. the panel don't get to dictate how confident you are, you get to reclaim it all back. And that's so empowering. And it's so good watching people right when you mm-hmm. see them oh. have that at that yeah. moment. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you mean that I'll get yes, mm-hmm. you do. It's so empowering and they feel unstoppable. Yeah. And of course, it comes back up again, right? Because you've probably practiced believing that you're not confident for 10 years, maybe 20, 30, 40 years. So it's going to take time. So you need to save psychologically safe space to explore that. It's a process. It's a process. And I think a lot of us think that it's going to be a quick fix. And also,
1: you know, going back to what we said about managers, educators, I've heard it millions of times, you know, educators just wander around and have quick chats, managers sit in offices, have (laughs) meetings and coffees and stuff. The reality of it is uh, there's a lot of things behind Mm. doors that educators and managers do. And, you know, we'd love to sit there all day and help everyone. We really would. But the thing is we don't have the physical time and sometimes we don't have the resources either in Mm. that institutional service and and whatnot. So looking outside of the box and, yeah, putting your blinkers back on and designing your own path, getting the help you need can literally transform your life um, and
0: your career. Totally, yeah. And it is kind of irrational for us to expect that one educator can service 50 to 100 to 200, up to even more people in a health service and provide them with the clarity and the guidance that they need and want. It's kind of irresponsible of us to think that that's the case yeah, yeah. in sure. my experience. So as we wrap up, I would love to explore last question. We've talked a lot about some of the challenges, some of the difficulties that we face in the industry, some tips and tricks, busted some myths. I would love to explore what you love about the type of nursing that you do now and why that's amazing. So, Robin, do you want to start? Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: I, I do a variety of different things that I just love. I was only talking about this two days ago. So I'm still an anesthetic specialist, but I work predominantly in education now and it's not even totally clinical education, even though I do do that. I work with university doing student facilitation stuff, which I still do love, but I love my digital education online and, you know, I'm doing a lot of different stuff, creating some different platforms for the future of nurses and also nurse creators and stuff. So if you look at where nursing started for me and where it transitioned to, I use a lot of different skills in my day-to-day stuff today and it's sort of like get up and what am I doing today? It's it's just (laughs) super fun and tomorrow will be different and then all of a sudden in the next year will be even different to today. So you can transition what you do and still maintain your identity if you want to call yourself a nurse. But I look outside of that box. Like I'm Rory and I do what Rory does. Yeah. And this is all the things that I do and I love it. So yeah, so I'm good. still a bit of a clinician, but education <laughs> and yeah, all the next
0: day. Yeah, I think that's such a big fear though that people have. Like I have that fear as well, like calling yourself a clinician when you don't maybe work as much clinically. But there are like, think of your directors of nursing, your adons your mm-hmm. CEOs, They're clinicians still just because they're not, and we need to change that narrative that we have assigned to clinician or nurse. I think we do believe that it's just somebody that works on the floor. Yeah. And it's very hands-on clinically focused. And I feel like, you know, as a nurse, I've been able to look after more people on a bigger scale in some non-clinical roles, like yeah. manager and educator and have a wider influence mm-hmm. on patient outcomes. So arguably then like, you know, I kind of question myself, like, well, who is more <laughs> of a clinician then? Because if you've got five to, you know, 50 staff and they're looking after 50 patients, to 100 patients, the impact there is double. 100%. and you're non-clinical so it's really interesting to see how that pans out yeah good lesson there in the fact that you don't need to know the how
1: yeah, to yeah, get to yes. where you
0: want to be because yeah. everybody's like but how do I get to ICU we don't know <laughs> you won't know yeah. until you're there yeah. so just take the next Start. step give yourself the permission test try fail pick yourself up and move forwards yeah love that Beth what about you
2: well I recently left oncology after 14 long years <laughs> And I moved into, I'm a care coordinator now for a really rare genetic disorder. What I like about the predominantly is it's something new because I do love learning. So I'm learning a whole new science, which I had long forgotten. But the best part for me, and it's really sort of not nursing related, it's sort of lifestyle related, is I work from home, mm-hmm. which was has been my dream since I said I'm not going to do shift work anymore back in 2000 and whatever. But nine. nurses can't work from home. <laughs> <laughs> just so buying. the favourite part of my role is that I can do it from home and for the shock and awe from mum and dad, because their whole working lives, they got up and did morning shift, night duty. I mean, they it was tough. And yeah. now I'm showing them, I don't know, I think they're quite proud that all the hard stuff they did is now if nursing's changed yeah. and evolved and it's not the same path as it was for what they had, and the world's opened up. So I'm an example to, yeah.
0: You're an example of what's possible. What's possible. I, I at, love that.
2: At home and put, you know, washing on or just sit out on, <laughs> you know, the deck overlooking there, the bush where I live. Cook it's
0: parents. It's
2: Everything. It's, I mean, there are some nurses, <laughs> I think it might be, or maybe even know this, you can't go outside on your breaks. Some people, mm. and it's like, yep. and yep. I'm not. For I've, one worked, I've worked i've worked somewhere I...
1: where we were told that you can't good go outside your break you can't go down to the shops and whatever that's it's not like good you do not own me for that 30 minutes a day i'm yeah. sorry i'm going out to get vitamin d yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. i i often go outside i go sit in my van yeah. i yeah. you know it's yeah sun. it's beautiful yeah.
2: Yeah. i can take my laptop my key coordinator role and just sit outside for the breeze. Shop. It's like yeah. I work for my local coffee shop. It's just <laughs> a total lifestyle change, which is
1: amazing. Plus intermittent flying around Australia. Plus intermittent flying around Australia <laughs> for
2: this role, which I'm incredibly yeah. lucky. Like yeah. gold flying status, I just get around
0: But when you leave a, a clinical role and you take a non-clinical role like that and you travel all the country, you take a huge pay cut, right? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, i'm being not. sassy today yeah. it's so interesting that we all think that oh, yeah. we've all been taught that right? you know like what? The...
2: actually just i I'm forgot about the money because money <laughs> no but money i mean yeah the rise is nice but that's not my only no. driver i wanted no. a better life no. for myself One, i don't want to be tired anymore no. i wanted to be at home more and i Made it happen. Yeah. I work backwards.
0: But people believe that if you leave and you take a role like that, and yeah. you're from home and you're, done, you're paid less. Yeah, wrong. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and when you do these things, you end up networking more. I look at yeah, are yeah. networking their area or where they do well, place, yeah. you networking all over Australia. Oh, yeah. 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 It's amazing. Incredible.
2: It? And this role, actually, if I may say so, they came to me. So that's another... Hey, it happens. Yeah, yep. ...resource. They, they knew about my other nursing experience. and They said, you would be a perfect fit for this. Can we pay you more to stay home in your pajamas? Okay, okay. Well, you know, <laughs> okay, have to think I'll about it for a day or two. But, you know.
0: Such a horrid life. Oh my So, goodness. but that's also
2: did not—I didn't know the how. Yeah. I knew this is what I wanted and then it came so yeah. it's i didn't know how it was going to work but i just yeah. knew that but it was the reason
0: meant. that it came is because you did the work and you put it out into the world yeah. and then it came to like yeah. it didn't just land on your doorstep through luck you know yeah. somebody might be listening thinking "Oh, best just lucky yeah no yeah. you created that in your mind you saw that vision for that life and you made it happen created,
2: through the small it. steps
0: you took. That, yeah skills tried different areas yeah what amazing yeah <laughs> for sure <laughs> Luck no. isn't a strategy. No, it's not. No, Luck isn't not, a not at all. Yeah, no, I love being nurse. I don't work clinically anymore. It's not in my future. I'm publicly declaring mm-hmm. that. <laughs> it's not something that I want to be doing moving forwards. I get that question a lot through Instagram. And my response mm-hmm. to that is that it's not where my skill set lies. My skill set lies in helping nurses empower nurses mm-hmm. and helping them transform their careers, their lives, their mindset. Mm-hmm. and mindset. And I just want to be an example of what's possible for nurses in their career, like we all are. And I think that that's what's amazing and so exciting to be surrounded by you both. But um, yeah, it's so empowering to really lean into what it is that we have as a skill set and then just to go for it. Like the fails, the successes, all of the things, whether you're a nurse on the floor, whether you're an educator, a num, a nursepreneur, whatever you choose to do. Anything is possible Anything. without knowing the how. <laughs> yep. You're just got to put it out into the world, believe that it's possible and take action until you achieve it. And if you trip up and you fail, good, you're trying, that's keep it. going. Yeah, it's data, yeah, it's data collect worry. the evidence and move forward. And I think that's one thing that we all probably as entrepreneurs, have recognized is that the failing is such an integral part yep. <laughs> of building a business. So any entrepreneurs yeah. that are listening, that are avoiding failure, lean into it and embrace all of it. That's it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been fun. Thanks so much. Mm -hmm. We'll have to do this again. Make sure that you go and check out Beth at autonomic underscore nurse or autonomic, yeah? At
2: autonomic (laughs) underscore nurse. Beth's (laughs) on
0: Instagram and everywhere else at autonomic (laughs) underscore nurse and Rory's at Aussie Nurse Educator across all platforms yep yep That's amazing and you know where i am seeing so come find me but yeah i'd love this chat until next time everybody stay safe and stay forever curious and we'll see you in the next episode thanks guys bye <laughs>
1: see
0: ya if you enjoyed listening to this podcast you have to come and check out our high performance nursing membership my monthly coaching program where we take what we teach in this podcast and we take it to the next level to help you thrive as a high performance human and a nurse Join us at liamcaswell.com forward slash HPNM. I would love to see you in there. I'll see you in coaching.